0: Once more into the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, Welcome to another exciting episode of The Personal (laughs) Wealth Coach. It is exciting. Sometimes more exciting for us than for the rest of the world. And people go, why are you guys so excited? Well, we don't know if we're on the air sometimes.
1: Uh, and we don't know if we're about to say something incredibly stupid that will haunt us wait, for the rest of our lives,
0: or or maybe it's more like we know we're about to say something incredibly stupid, and we're constantly keeping ourselves from doing it. Oh, M- maybe.
1: So you know the future?
0: Uh, um. Well, uh, it predictions are really tricky, especially about the future. And um, yeah,
1: yeah, The is yeah, okay, just give, not
0: what it used to be. And give, like give that.
1: a. Give us, give a side for that. I mean, you got it. Yogi
0: Berra, I'm, I'm misquoting him twice. Oh, good. That's, that's, yeah. that's true. I, I paraphrased two times, uh, Yogi Berra.
1: Actually, the first guy that recorded to have said that, and not exactly the same words was Sir Isaac. Un, Forecasting is particularly difficult when it is about the future. Mm. So smartest guy, arguably one of the smartest guys who ever lived said that. So that's cool. Anyway, this is the personal wealth coach. And this is a radio program where we talk about things economic. Sometimes a Uh, podcast, too. Yes. And uh, it's sometimes a podcast, but we don't know what it is. As usual, we're confused. Um, We talk about things to do with investing and building a portfolio. We do not give advice about what you should buy and sell specifically because that would be investment advice. And the name of the personal wealth coach is also the name of a registered investment advisory firm based in Salado, Texas. And it's registered with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, which implies in no way that they approve of us. They don't approve, just period. They don't actually, well, actually, they don't approve of much of anything, which is their job. Um, And we don't give investment advice on the radio program. We do give educational information, and the educational information we give has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. See, I can see that really quickly.
0: You've done almost all the disclosures yourself. You got one more. Let me see if you can. We
1: don't pay for this radio program. Woo-hoo. We don't get paid to do this radio program or podcast, as the case may be. Um, we do have um, a, an interest in it, in that apparently a lot of our clients listen to it, and so it's a way of communicating with our clients. And occasionally, we hear from people who aren't clients who have listened to it, and on extremely rare occasion, they they ask if we would manage their money, but. That's, we've done a cost benefit analysis on that and concluded it is advertising. uh, Our time isn't worth this. Our time is worth more than this. That's right. That's not why
0: we do it. We're hoping to actually educate the population, which is, it's not, we don't mind it if people become our clients, just to put that lightly. Uh, But that's not why we're doing this. We want you guys to understand what's going on in the world. Uh, That's, that's. The only last piece is that we do pay for advertising on KTEM 1400, which is the same station that broadcasts this. But the advertising that we're paying for is advertising for the radio program, which the studio also does in partnership with us. So well, it gets our name out there. It does get our name out there as well. So, yeah. you know, it occurred to me
1: that we are ESG.
0: It depends on how you labeled well that's the well, whole no thing with the definition. esg yeah so yeah, we are yeah. esg
1: we're, we're econ- economics um securities uh-huh and regulated by the
0: government um i thought you were going to say we, goobers the last well that's true be well that goobers. would probably be more accurate to say we're goobers we're econ economic uh stock oriented goobers Yes,
1: ESG, 100%. Securities-oriented. securities Securities-oriented, securities yes, yes. Yes, so okay. so we're ESG. We can say we're ESG.
0: I mean, I've got lots to talk about on the ESG front later on. Okay. I've got, <laughs> well, lots, yeah, we we got, got a stack of questions. Man, we've got questions, good questions, too, coming out yes. of our ears. Uh, Inquisitor John, thank you very much for your faithful inquisition. You have questioned and questioned us, um, and... They're generally really good. And this week, you've got some phenomenal questions. Um, the, the first question, uh, the subject of the email is unemployment. And as is tradition, we have a digital picture emailed of the paper Wall Street Journal so that we have analog converted to digital so that we can look at it with our eyeballs. Um, the question is unemployment. Please explain how canceling a want ad will help reduce inflation. Uh, mm. He's got an article from the Wall Street Journal that says higher joblessness looms as Fed shifts. And there's a section circled where it says Fed Chairman Jerome Powell and other officials suggested earlier this year that they might be able to reduce demand for labor, a source of inflation pressure, primarily by prodding employers to cut job vacancies rather than by laying off workers and pushing up unemployment. Um, so the question here is, what does that have to do with inflation? Uh, what are job vacancies, and how could the Federal Reserve put a pressure on a corporation to reduce job vacancies rather than lay people off? It's kind of philosophical in some ways. Um, there are benefits when you hire someone new, and there are benefits for keeping people on hand. Well, you you're about to say something. So, what, what would you well, like I just to wanted to comment on on the question. Okay, go ahead.
1: Why, the, the thing the, the article is pointing out that what the federal reserve is trying to do is get people it's, it's all these un, unfilled jobs that, that employers are advertising for. They're trying to shrink the unfilled jobs that employers are advertising for. What is that as long as a worker working for a company looks at the unemployment list and says, there's lots of high paying jobs that I could go to. So I could, I'm going to demand a higher wage from my employer because there's lots of job openings out there. And if you don't give me a higher wage, I'm going to leave. Um, That causes their wage to be raised without them producing more. That will drive inflation over time.
0: Yeah. So, so what they're, what they were suggesting earlier this year Is that if a company was about to go looking for someone to fill a job that they should look within their own workforce first. If they're about to lay somebody else off because they're not qualified for a job and they happen to be qualified for one you're about to put a job listing out for, it's more efficient just to hire them internally. You don't have to fire them and rehire them, just move them to the other job. Well. There's a little overlap here because the question is, what does this have to do with inflation? It is inflationary to be posting these want ads because you see, you know, we've, we saw the, the great resignation is what the Wall Street Journal uh, labeled so far the end of 2021 to about now where people are quitting at a high rate because there are good job openings out there. The competition for their pay is there. Well, that's an upward pressure on pay which means that the company has to pay more money to the employees, which means that they likely have to start charging more for whatever it is that they make. That's an inflationary spiral, but it's a really kind of indirect one. Where this is weird is that there's an overlap here. The, the Fed has a lot of mandates, but two major ones. And we spend a lot of time talking about the number one major one, which is protecting the the buying power of our currency uh preventing inflation and deflation beyond unreasonable amounts um so they have a target on what they want for inflation the second mandate though is to have a low unemployment to protect to, to protect the um let, let me see what is it exactly that it says it is to uh mission of the federal reserve is a uh, Let's see, it's got a dual mandate, a price stability and maximum sustainable employment, okay? They've got other mandates too, but these are the ones that, that are actually written into the law, that the Federal Reserve, it it's also does things like it maintains an effective reliable payment system. It supervises and regulates banking operations and establishes monetary policies. Its mandates are to protect our buying power, Don't let the dollar value go up and down drastically inside the United States. We want to know what our prices are. We want them to be stable. And we also don't want a lot of unemployment. So when they're raising interest rates, you're seeing in the news layoffs in tech. The tech sector is having layoffs. um, Tesla's laying off and Coinbase is laying off. I'm not sure I'd call them tech. I don't want to say... I'm not allowed to say what I think they are on the air, actually, because we could get fined for that. Uh, But when you go through a list of these high-flying stocks over the last year and you see a lot of layoffs going on, is it possible that they could have prevented themselves from hiring at these high rates early in the year and not done the layoffs now? Probably. And that's what the Federal Reserve was trying to get ahead of. So the dual mandate there is the extra hiring they did at the beginning of the year added to the pressure for other tech companies to hire at higher wages and added to the pressure to lay people off when things that are happening today come into, into focus. So, it's kind of part of the dual mandate. It's not just inflation. It's also about, hey, you can prevent some unemployment by not laying that person off. If you're looking for things that they already know how to do, just move them over to the other position. Yeah. That was a a long winded answer, but I really enjoyed that question because the federal reserves mandates, we forget about unemployment being part of it. They've done a really good job on that. Um, Anyway, uh, his next one, do you mind if I do the social security one too? Um, John's uh, next question is called Social Security Interest. Um, and there's another Wall Street Journal article. And in it, it says, uh, Congress has earned about 1.5% on the trillions of dollars that is confiscated from workers, meaning in the Social Security Trust Fund with air quotes around it. Um, taxes are confiscating money. That's, it, it, this is obviously an opinion piece just to begin with uh you're confiscating from it sounds like that's not what their job is that's congress's main role is to tax us i don't like it but that's its main role um had congress invested the money in government bonds the return would have averaged three percent and five percent invested in high grade corporate bonds um if they'd put it in equities they would have reached nine percent a year had any of these returns been realized, Social Security would now be solvent and 1,000 more Americans would have retired as millionaires. So this is a letter to the editor. Okay, so his question is, assuming this is true, what does the government invest in to get such low rates? Is there a law or rule that prohibits the government from being more aggressive and chase higher rates? Um, they're going to Congress. They're loaning themselves money for this. This is a, it, It's called an, an interagency loan. Um, it's an IOU from Congress to Congress. When Social Security money came in, they spent it in the general revenue, and they wrote themselves an IOU. So they charged themselves 1.5%, but it's kind of like Enron claiming it had made a profit by charging itself interest on a loan. It's a wash. <laughs> you, you add, I, go ahead.
1: John's quote for his question is from a letter to the editors. Right, right. The letter to the editor is incorrect.
0: It is incorrect. They didn't they the didn't Social get Security, 1.5%. No, by the
1: Social way. Security Administration, um, the 12 monthly interest rates for 2019, which is the most recent we have available to us, was 2.219%. And I'm gonna tell you something. Where can you go? Where in 2019 could you go get savings at 2.219% that were guaranteed? I thought that was a pretty good rate personally.
0: The the, oh. the formula for how they do this, by the way, is a four-year maturing uh, U.S. government securities average yield as of the beginning of June. So, okay? so uh, they don't do any four-year maturing securities. So you have to have these longer-term bonds and notes that are coming due in four years in June to get the rate. Um, so you get things that were issued twenty years ago at higher interest rate, and you get things that were issued ten years ago at not so higher interest rate. Average together, um, it's well not the, great, the, but it's a it, and the the kind of the big thing that I want to hit here is that if it had invested in equities, it would no. have reached nine percent a year. Is there a law against this? Yes, <laughs> yes. The what? government is not allowed to go out and buy a bunch of the stock market. Would you want? the United States government to own Google or General Motors. Wait, uh, let me choose a different term for General Motors. They actually did, but it required a federal judge and it required a lot of maneuvering in the law front for the United States government, even to become um, the manager of General Motors, its trustee during its bankruptcy. So it's, there are laws against it, and you certainly wouldn't want the United States government making decisions on what companies to buy and sell. Look what they did to medicine over that.
1: I saw an analysis back when, many years ago, when there was a push by the Republican Party and by the conservatives in Congress to take Social Security and invest it in the stock market. In other words, stop, basically, basically turn it into a 401k run by the government. Right. Here's the point. Had that occurred years and years ago before that, it, 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 at this point, the stock market would be two-thirds owned by the federal government. And, man, if you want socialism, there we go, big time. Yeah. When the federal government owns two-thirds of the stock market, we you got call a that, serious you, problem, folks.
0: You call that Russia. You call oh. that China. <laughs> That's not who we are. The government you know, doesn't have a business jumping into the stock market, they'd be voting shares. Do you do you want the government voting shares of companies no. that are trying to make a profit? I mean, no. even when you get pension funds that are activist-related, that's the problem. Oh,
1: that would be a nightmare. And, and the Social Security Trust Fund has actually earned a pretty good interest rate over time. It, it is, As Jake said, there is a formula, and it has to do with the average maturity of regular U.S. Uh, treasury notes. And it's, it's not a bad, basically it is prudent investing. Uh, and, and yes, it is. You're getting paid interest on your social security and that's really nice. And to the best of my knowledge, nobody has come to the retirement period and come to their, their full retirement age or whatever. and says, pay me my social security and the government come back and say, I'm sorry, we did a bad investment. We put a lot of money in Enron. So you only get 30% of your social security.
0: I mean, El Salvador did a really good deal. They just, Bought a lot of Bitcoin yeah. back at the Boy. Very top of the market. It was great. And they're, now they're wondering if they're going to default on debt. Right. Whoops.
1: Uh, speaking of Bitcoin, I've been thinking about it. We haven't said anything about it. We were talking about the market. Bitcoin from the beginning, well, let's put it like this. Let's look at a couple of things. The Coinbase issue.
0: Yeah. Coinbase uh, is a publicly traded company. We are not recommending that you buy or sell it.
1: Right. Coinbase was like $280 a share at the end of last year. It's 58 now, which should tell you something about what's going on in the crypto market. Bitcoin is down about 70 plus percent so far this year.
0: Well, you don't have to be um, cryptic
1: about it. The, the, and, and that doesn't count the many, 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 and I can say many several more times, people... Who have had money in exchanges, not money, they've had their Bitcoins in exchanges like we saw this week. uh, And they can't get it out now. Coinbase was a place you could, if you had a crypto wallet, you had, let's say you had uh, $10,000 or $100,000 in crypto, you could loan it to Coinbase. Coinbase would use it as collateral for loans. They would loan money to people and pay you high interest rates. And apparently a lot of people did that. And this last week, something very significant happened. If you had your crypto in Coinbase and you said, I, wanted, I want my money back. Basically, it's like you loaned your money to the Coinbase bank, because it's a crypto bank, it's what it really is. And you said, I'd like to have my money back. They said, oh, I'm sorry, They're, we're not allowing any withdrawals due to the market conditions.
0: Yeah, so this is happening in uh, Babel and Celsius. I wasn't aware that Coinbase had done a, a freeze on withdrawals, but it wouldn't surprise me because there's a lot of exchanges that are saying hey we've got bitcoin stuck that's their term for it um there's a transaction that's stuck um so you can't do any withdrawals um, that's a little scary it's more than a little scary no so, i i don't think that we can say crypto is dead it usually takes all quite a lot of massive crashes for um pie in the sky ideas to go away but You know, maybe it is. Maybe people have had enough of this. Maybe they want to buy something that actually has a potential of making something profitable that people will buy rather than hoping that someone else will buy the thing they bought for more.
1: Anyway, yes. Anyway, that's we've had this thing about crypto for a long time and we think it's a bad idea. Yes,
0: we've said it for a long time. Now, Now, I know people. I have great relationships with people who have made a tremendous amount of money in crypto. Have they actually, or have they just seen their crypto go up? I know people that have actually sold out of crypto to buy houses and things like Mm. that with. Cool. Um, Unfortunately, they then took a mortgage on their house to buy more crypto. Mm. So um, people have, it's kind of like Vegas, where everybody makes money in Vegas. They just generally don't leave with the money that they make. They lost that before they came home. Mm.
1: Crypto is very similar to Vegas, to yeah. going to a casino. And there are going to be some winners and you're going to hear about them. Uh, it's similar to playing the lottery. It's a good way to lose a lot of money. A very few people will make a lot of money and a very large number of people will lose a lot of money. It is a sub-zero based system.
0: Mortal sub Oh, sorry.
1: What is no, a sub-zero based not... system? A zero based system would be like if you're playing cards with your buddies and you have if you take the total amount of money that was put in there for bets and the total amount of money that people took out as winnings um or, or retentions that that they that they kept it's a zero i mean there's there's no gain there's no loss it just money shifted from one person to another yeah to put a negative
0: gonna to, to put it in a different way it's kind of like a poker table Right. That's what the, referring only, to. the only money that you can win is money that somebody else put on the table. It isn't producing its own money. It's not creating something of value that people are willing to pay for. It's just the pot, and that pot only gets bigger when people put money in, and it only gets smaller when people take money out.
1: And there are sub-zero systems. The casino is a sub-zero system. In other words, less money is won, than is gamble because the casino makes money. Right. Coin, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are sub-zeros because there are exchanges, there are people in the middle who are making money, but there's no value being added. And I, you just can't do it. On the other hand, the stock market in general represents companies.
0: Well, can, Most, can, we, can we put a time out just a second when we say there's no value being added? Both of us have said that. What does that mean? What the, the question is, what does Bitcoin do? What does it create? If you're buying a company, hopefully it's doing something that's profitable. It's making something that people are willing to buy. Uh, a coin, whether it's a gold coin or a collectible like a Bitcoin, it's worth what someone's willing to pay you for it, but it's not underneath it producing anything. It's not a representation of an ownership of something that's trying to create stuff. It's just a collectible. Okay, back to you.
1: That's basically what I was going to say. The stock market, generally speaking, is companies that people invest in. They give them money. The companies then turn around and majority of them make a profit. And when they make a profit is because they have added value to something. They have taken something that is a low value, they have processed it, they have manufactured, they have provided services, they've done something, but they've added value to it. And when they add the value to it, they 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 make a profit. That's what adding value does. And the owners of the company then legitimately can claim a profit in the value of that company. That increases everybody. Everybody's ship is floated higher uh, in, in Adam Smith's term. The rising tide raises all ships. And those are solid value based investments now solid shoot some of they can go under and sometimes they're scams like Enron pulled off and Madoff well Madoff wasn't in stocks but there's a world of difference between investing in something that is not creating what we call utility it's not creating value in the economy and investing something that is creating value in the economy uh, and Bitcoin does not create value in the economy I have a correction to make it wasn't uh, when I when I said earlier uh, that coinbase had stopped withdrawals it wasn't coinbase it was Celsius yeah uh, right. my my bad um, Celsius network which is the one of the largest uh, places where C- Celsius network LLC was where you could deposit your crypto and earn an interest on it a lot of interest on it and they have said no unusual liquidity pressures which means there's a run on the bank uh we're not uh allowing people to make withdrawals and there are other companies that are going through the same thing and so that's it wasn't coinbase it was celsius my apologies to coinbase uh this is why it's an exciting uh, program because sometimes I can get Celsius and Coinbase mixed up and make a false statement. So yes. we, we do our best not to do that.
0: But it happens from time to time. Most grievously, I've committed by thought, word, deed. Uh, and, and such like, yes. somehow. I like saying such like.
1: Uh, the, the bill. There's another bottom point in bear markets that I watch. And that is when dividend-paying stocks in general have dropped in price far enough that their dividend yield looks particularly attractive. And I was looking at that last week and the dividend yield on a couple of, there's a couple of indices out there that track high dividend, high, relatively high quality, high dividend stocks. Now, there's some low quality stocks that are paying high dividends, but you want to stay away from those. And it's averaging around four, four and a half percent right now. Yeah. Four point, I think it was 4.57 percent when I looked at it last week. Now, 4.57 percent is a very attractive yield. It isn't something, that you would defy the stock market to get at this point. When it gets to the point where you look at the yield on high-dividend-paying, AAA-rated companies, and you say, golly bum, they'll pay me, and 6% seems to be the magic number, by the way, in my my experience, they'll pay me 6% just to own the stock. At that point, you see people, and, and, and again, this is just my experience, there's no scientific validation to it, at that point, you see people starting to come back in and buy seriously in the down market. Um, We're not far from that. Another 20% drop in the market, which would be really painful. We'd be down to 40% down at that. Well, no, we wouldn't be down twenty 40, that much. We'd be down less than that at that point. We'd be down about 35%. And at, at about 35% down, dividend stocks start to look really, really, really attractive. Uh, Do I think we're going to go down that far? I don't know. Um, do I think this particular bear market will be over in a year? Probably. And why do I think it'll be behind us this time next year? Because of the economic situation we have in the United States. But let me point something out here. This is critical. I cannot see
0: the future. Just, if, just for example just to wait a minute. right there it is. Well, that's okay. not the future anymore. Well, actually Sorry. Actually, Sorry. actually
1: I can see the future, but only a few hours in advance and only at night.
0: If you look at the moon uh, the moon's time is, uh, the, the whole Greenwich mean time. What do they call it now? Standard. Universal. Uni- coordinate. Okay, universal. I'll say universal coordinated t- time, which is what? Six hours before us in mm-hmm. central Texas. Yeah, it's, 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 it's
1: six hours in the future.
0: So when you look at the moon, you are seeing six hours into the future. Just, just saying that's mm-hmm. just, just wait six hours and you'll be where the moon was. No.
1: Uh, I went out to uh, Dead Fish Grill, and which, by the way, has good food uh, here in, in, what in is, Belden. What do they serve there? Dead fish, oh. among other things.
0: Oh, that's why they named it that.
1: And if you go out there at sundown, you can watch the sunset over Lake Belden. And since it's deep in the atmosphere and there's lots of dust blowing in from the Sahara Desert right now, you can actually look at the sun. The sun light you see is eight and a half minutes old. The sun actually sets eight and a half minutes before you see it set. Anyway, that's totally beside the point. That's completely off the subject now. But I can't see the future. For example, if Russia decides to pop a nuke in Ukraine, I'll just use that as something
0: okay. weird. That's a, that's a great example.
1: That could put us into a serious bear market. <laughs> it yeah. wouldn't be better in a year.
0: And we're about out of time.
1: This is the Personal Wealth Coach with Jeff and Jake.
0: Mac uh, if you would like to talk to us off the air, we actually give individually uh, individually crafted and customized advice based on what people are trying to achieve. That's generally, And portfolio management. And portfolio management. And that's generally for people with higher net worths, but we make exceptions occasionally. Um, and so you can contact us locally, voicemail available during the weekend, but actual real live people, no phone tree during the week at...
1: 254 947 1111.
0: You can reach that line tool free at 1 800 914 That's 800 914 plan.
1: And I think it's important to note that we're an independent fiduciary firm. We don't work for a corporation. We only work for our clients. Right. Exactly.
0: Uh, you can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. There's a contact form. You can use emails, Jeff or Jake at tpwc.com. There are Uh, recordings of the radio program going back years, newsletters going back decades, uh, and you can find us wherever podcasts are given. Um, Thank you very much for listening on a nice Saturday morning. And until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.